Hello, and welcome back to Climbing the Castle, your definitive Disney ranking podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Charlie. And today we'll be discussing Monsters, Inc. James P. Sullivan and Mike Wazowski are two monsters who live in Monstropolis. They work for Monsters, Inc., a company that harvests children's screams to power their world. After Sully accidentally allows a human child into the monster world, he must return the child to her home without anyone knowing that she was there. However, when Mike and Sully encounter an evil plot to kidnap little children into Monsters, Inc., they are forced to not only save the human child, Boo, but to protect all the children of the human world. And this is one of those, like, Pixar classics that everyone has seen, basically. You know, I made the early prediction that this was going to be, like, one of my top movies from this season, and I think... As of right now, it's definitely showing that, and, and like, it should stay there. <laughs> yeah, um, like, it's always been one of my favorites. I did have a few issues with the movie what, while watching it critically, but it's still a very solid movie. There, there are a couple of story-related issues, yes, but I feel like it's just such a fun movie. There's so many great things about it. There's so much to love about it. It's just... Even with those small things, it's kind of hard to hate on it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, with that, uh, let's get into some fun facts. Let's do it. The voice of Boo was played by an actual toddler. The crew couldn't get her to do anything on cue or even sit in one spot, so they just chased her around with a mic while she played around in the studio. The filmmakers originally tried voicing Boo themselves, but it didn't make sense with an adult's voice, so they had to find a kid to play her. Luckily, Rob Gibbs, one of the story artists working on the movie, had a little girl that was around Boo's age. Since she was so young at that time, the filmmakers had to get creative to record her. Mary Gibbs, who plays Boo, said, They would follow me around the recording studio, use puppets to talk to me, and have my mom tickle me or take money or candy away from me to make me laugh and cry all real emotions that's amazing that that is definitely a creative way to get a to (laughs) record a kid just imagine chasing a child around with a microphone just trying to get a, a reaction and record what is happening that's hilarious but i mean that they do such a great job of capturing boo as well like Boo is just such an adorable child, and they just capture all of her emotions so perfectly. The fact that they're just chasing her around a room with a microphone while doing this <laughs> just chasing her around so much better. <laughs> and just imagine, like, they're chasing her around, and this little girl's just running away to them and chasing <laughs> something and just yelling, Kitty! <laughs> they did such a great job of capturing all of it. <laughs> it was so much fun. When the filmmakers were recording Mary, they asked her to sing a song for the scene where Boo is singing in the bathroom. But it had to be a song of her own. Mary Gibbs told Reddit, They told me to sing, and I started singing Wheels on the Bus, but they couldn't use any actual songs because of copyright issues. So they had me babble and sing random words for a few hours, and it took the parts out that they really liked the best. (laughs) I did love her bedroom song. I thought that was adorable as well. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's funny that they just kind of just had her go on and just they had to piece it together because they couldn't actually use a real song. <laughs> yeah, they just had to kind of have her just just start singing gibberish. <laughs> okay. Have you ever wondered how Sully's fur looks so realistic? Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it looks really good, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pixar developed its own software program called Fitz which was able to simulate all of his fur as he moved so animators wouldn't have to animate each individual hair. Sully has 2,320,413 unique hairs on his body, according to Oh My Disney. It took 12 hours to animate one frame when they first tried to animate each hair, so they did something no one did before and changed 3D animation forever. That's, that's pretty impressive that they creating software just because of his hair <laughs> yeah that's a lot of hair i mean it did look good moving around yeah it, it looked like actual fur and you can see how much like you can see how much detail that they actually put into each little individual strand of fur as well each monster in the film is unique but a lot of them have one thing in common can you guess what that is mm. no they all have the same tongue. Really? At least the majority of them do. <laughs> Even the guy that had a, another monster inside of its mouth? See, I, again, at least the majority <laughs> of them did. I think there were only two monsters with different tongues. That was, you know, that monster. <laughs> and then uh, Randall. Interesting. But according to Oh My Disney, 90% of all monsters in the film have Mike's tongue. Each character has to be modeled on the computer, which is the CGI version of sculpting. So maybe the filmmakers wanted to make it easier to create them. So did they just use the tongue as the base for every monster? Like they just slapped the tongue down first and then... That's what I'm starting to think. Around it. <laughs> but, I mean, that's interesting. All monsters, most monsters have the same tongue. <laughs> Billy Crystal is the hilarious comedian responsible for Mike Wazowski's voice and goofy personality. But that funny personality didn't come true or didn't truly come out until he worked side by side with John Goodman, who voiced Mike's best friend, James P. Sullivan. Uh, Billy Crystal told Dark Horizons, I did the first two sessions alone and I didn't like it. It was lonely and it was frustrating. John Goodman also commented the experience and told BBC, when Billy and I got together, the energy just went through the roof, so it was great. Most of the time, actors record their lines separately when they're voicing animated characters, but the decision to put Billy and John in the same room made the movie one that so many people love. I mean, they definitely have a very unique chemistry together, and it's just, they worked so well off of each other as well. It's the and same it really cases. helped that, you know, they were in the same room together. Yeah, it's the same case as... Woody and Buzz, like, they both recorded their, their lines together, and it makes such a difference in the characters and their interactions with each other and how they play off of each other. Mm hmm And, like, you can really feel, like, the bonding that they have between each other there. Director Pete Docter is a huge Muppet fan, so he had to work with a Muppeteer for the movie. The legendary Muppeteer... Frank Oz voiced Randall's assistant, Jeff Fungus, who Randall just calls Fungus, and bosses him around to help him with his evil plan. 
He's voiced a lot of other characters too, like Yoda, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, and Cookie Monster, who are just like four of the most famous and incredibly distinct characters that the legendary Frank Oz voices. Yeah, I did not know he was in this movie until right before we recorded this and I was taking my notes and I looked at the cast list. And then now I cannot unhear it because the whole entire movie I just heard him as Grover. Yeah, as Grover was... from <laughs> The Muppets. Like that's all right. I was yeah. Sesame Street. Sesame Street. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and I well at the end at the end he, he sounded a bit like Fozzie Bear, I think, for like a split second. Mm-hmm. When they were in the in the laugh factory. But I'm like, I can never hear him normally again anymore. <laughs> Uh, when Sully greets Ted, the monster is so big we only see the lower half of his body. Ted was originally supposed to roar like Godzilla. The filmmakers asked permission from Toho, Godzilla's film studio, to use Godzilla roar, but Toho turned them down, so Ted responded with a chicken cluck instead. I think today was the first time I ever noticed a chicken cluck. Um... See, I remember the chicken cluck only because of the bloopers. <laughs> And I was like, oh, it's going to show a giant chicken now whenever I first watch it. And no, it was Rex from Toy Story in the bloopers. <laughs> that's that's what I always think of when I see that scene as Rex. Mm -hmm. And then I forget that it's just like part of the bloopers and not the actual movie itself. Um, I got one more, but it's kind of a long one. Okay. So bear with me. Disney Pixar prepared a special trailer for Monsters, Inc. to show before Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Mike and Sully play a game of charades in their apartment, with Sully acting out Harry Potter. Mike has difficulty solving the puzzle, some of his guesses being Dirty Harry, Harry Flowerpot, Harry Palmer, who is a James Bond-esque spy, and when Harry meets Sully, or when Harry met Sully. A reference to Billy Crystal's starring role when, in When Harry Met Sully. Eventually, Sully puts on round spectacles sticks a paper lightning bolt to his forehead and sits on a broom with an owl on his arm to which Mike ecstatically guesses the sound of music Sully gives up and walks off screen as Mike finally guesses Harry Potter and cuts away to title cards noting that Monster Zinc is now showing at a theater near you, really near you like maybe right next door at the end of the trailer it's Mike's turn to act out a part with a very bored-looking Sully guessing it is Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope within seconds, much to Mike's dismay. Coincidentally, Disney would acquire Lucasfilm uh, for $4.5 billion in 2012, a year before the release of prequel Monsters University. I remember reading about this when I, before when I was doing research for the movie, and then I looked it up like on YouTube, because this trailer is up on YouTube. And, like, I kind of slightly remember seeing that trailer when when the movie came out. I'm going to go back and watch it myself, because I'll probably remember it also. It was It is very funny, though. <laughs> and that's where I'm going to end it with fun facts. Okay, a lot of good fun facts here. But uh, there, there's plenty more fun facts. It's just, we need to get on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we kind of been extending the fun facts a bit too long lately. I know that they're fun, but like so I I was when I was doing the Toy Story episode, I'm like, man, I think we have a good 15-20 minutes of fun facts on Toy Story. And I'm like this 
this is a bit too much. I'm sorry, but they were all so good as well. Like I as much as we out. love our fun facts, though, because <laughs> it's one of my favorite parts of the whole book. <laughs> it is. It is a great part, but we we are trying to cut our episode times down a little bit because they've been getting a little bit out of hand sometimes, and we're we're trying. <laughs> so with that, let's move on to our scores. All right. What do you have for your story score? For my story score, I got an 82. I have an 85, so we're already... Again, this is where a lot of the problems of the movie come in. (laughs) Originally, I had my story score much higher. And then the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, "Eh, it's not not like that doesn't need to stand out that much compared to... I mean... The concept itself is incredible. Like, it's, it is a brand new story concept. It is a, an original, unique idea. The world going into the world of monsters is, like, something that we've never seen before, as far as I, like, could think of, at least. And, like, the concept of scaring children as an energy, energy source and all that stuff is all very, like, fun and unique and cool. But then... The more you look at some of the stuff that was happening, the more you question as to where they kind of were getting ideas from and where they were, like, how they were trying to put it together. Yeah. And then just, there were a lot of things that I was just overthinking, like, you know, if all these monsters are scaring these kids, wouldn't they be like, all these kids be telling their friends and then they would be telling their families and stuff like, hey, yeah, you know what? That's what my monster looked like last night. Yeah, once it gets towards the ending of it is one that really starts to become a like a notable issue, especially I took note of it during the village when where Sully went to after they were banished and like every single house is screaming, has a screaming kid and all the lights are coming on. You would think that the parents would start putting stuff together at that point too. Yeah. When every single house has a screaming child and all their lights are on and everyone is, like, at the same exact time. Exactly. Like, these monsters should have been caught long ago. Yeah. It is it is a lot of, like, issues with the way, like, the monsters seem to be going about their their things and not getting caught at all. And then if... And then just also, these parents probably should have already known because... Monsters have been scaring kids for a long time, according to this movie. Um, And so if this is the case, shouldn't the parents be, like, traumatized by this? Be like, nope, our child does not have a closet anymore. No more closet. (laughs) It is, like, most parents, when a kid says there's a monster in my closet, I don't think there's many parents that are going to believe that. And obviously they're just going to put it like, oh, look, there's no monsters here. No, check the door. But, like... At the rate this is going, you would seem make it. It would seem like they they would start to catch on or something. Yeah, because it's apparently like, a, a nightly thing, or it's like weekly. Well, or... Again, it's been going on for generations, and so some of these parents should have been kids who were getting scared by these monsters. Also, that is that is a good point. Well, I don't know. <laughs> they don't like. Is there some yeah. kind of memory wipe thing whenever you get older or something? That... Like, yeah, these monsters don't exist. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say they didn't mention how long that the scare factory has been open, but like then I just remembered that he said his father did it, and his father, his father, father, he's like the third generation of yeah, of people that were in charge of the scare factory. So yeah, and let's be even, real, he's old. So 
I didn't even think of that part. But yeah, like how no one has caught on to these monsters by now is is definitely a big, like a major thing. And even like I feel like some monsters sort of been caught at some point. Like there's been no time where like a parent is like sleeping in a kid's room or like in a kid's room when they happen to come in for a scare or something. Like, how do they know that the room is clear for them to, to go in before they go in? Well, apparently they're supposed to do some kind of, like, squeak open the door, check around kind of thing. They it have a whole training thing. Apparently. It doesn't seem But it like, looks like all these monsters are just busting in yeah, and scaring. It didn't seem like anyone were taking any precautions when they were going into the door. Like, some of them were just casually walking in. Yeah, that's what was going on the entire time, like, at the scare floor. Anytime, like... They were just walking in and out of the doors like nothing was going on. Like it was just a normal door. During the whole like final chase sequence thing through all the wall like all the doors. They're just walking through a whole bunch of different doors. Out of all those like doors they walked through, not one person was in their house at that point. Yeah. For real. Like it was daytime for some of those places yeah. they were going to. <laughs> Like, they just happened to be lucky enough to, to go through all these houses that had no one in them at the time. Or maybe they scared the people so bad that they didn't think anything. <laughs> the people were, like, just more scared than anything, so they were able to just <laughs> run past. They should have showed that, though. Like, they should have had had that as a scene when they were See, doing... that would have been hilarious. They or just... maybe someone was, like, just waking up where it was morning somewhere, and they had a coffee in their hand. They were sipping it. Sully and Mike run past and they just stop, <laughs> pour it out, throw the cup. They should have did that. They should have included that. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, there's, that's definitely a major issue. With the, It's the same concept of like toy, the Toy Story world. We don't really get too much about how their world works and how it actually interacts with the, the real world. But I feel like the two, world, the two worlds should be clashing a lot more than they actually are. Yeah. Then to start off for the movie, I do have issues with how their simulator works. Like, yes. why does it have that whole dialogue at the beginning? What do you mean? You know, uh, where the mom is saying goodnight to the child. Oh, I mean, <laughs> there, that was just to, to give a little, like, I guess, I don't know. Monsters aren't actually going to wait for that. <laughs> I mean, they should technically be going, like, way after, like, a month. The mother would just say goodnight. I guess it's just to set the scene for the monsters. Well, even uh, then, <laughs> the, what scene are they getting whenever they're actually on the scare for? Because as we saw, they're just opening the doors <laughs> and walking in. Listen, I thought it was really fun the way they set it up like that, though, to, to like, make you think it was an actual... Well, they could have just showed a sleeping kid in the bed anyways. And yeah, we but that gone, okay. There's a kid sleeping. That would that doesn't set up the entire story the way they set it up like that. I yeah. thought it was a really well done fake out because you thought that was like the start of the actual movie, and it was just a little simulation. And also, that simple robot child had quite a bit of movement for it. Like it was looking around the room, like like it was a real child. The oh, way that... it moved around so smooth, and then you see it's only like a top half of a robot child, and it's in the bed. It's like. It should not be moving around like this. That's they gotta weird. simulate the movement properly. <laughs> I I have an issue with they got where they got their research about children from. That too. From the I fact have one that... more thing about the simulation though. Yes. But it's like a very small one. What? Where the hell did he get the sweater from? 
Because <laughs> that's not a real door. So it's not a real closet. So instead of his hand just being there anymore, it's that sweater arm. Again, it's not a big issue, but it bothers me a little bit. <laughs> you're, you're looking way too far into a simulation <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know who started spreading that children are toxic and like yeah. deadly. You would think they would do a bit more research on this kind of topic if it's their basis of their entire energy sources. Like, wouldn't you have better information on children? And one like have, maybe a monster like, went into the real world and was shot or something by a parent who did see him. <laughs> and then that monster happened to have been dead at that point. Like, oh, yep, humans can kill. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like they they didn't do a lot of research into all areas of... Especially even, like, the energy source. Like, how did they, like, come up with the, the like, finding of children screaming? And why didn't they figure out that laughter makes more energy at that point? Like, I mean, there was research to show that laughter did do more. But they didn't put the research in for the scream, it seems. Like, like they... And how were they able to get into the children's room and to begin with? Like, yeah, I mean, has this door factory just always been around to be that pathway? To well, the they didn't even have power to get to the other door. So how did they get to the other? Like before the the scare factory was open, so how did, monster hamsters running on wheat. <laughs> <laughs> how did they even get to the human world before the door factory was even created when they had no power? <laughs> I don't know. Now we're so, at, we're coming up with more questions. That we're coming we up think with of, more issues with the movie <laughs> that we didn't even think of beforehand. But also, like, wouldn't you think after like the the third time that monster? I don't know if he has a name or not. But when he got the guy that got the sock on his back. Oh, um. But, see, I can't think of his name, but I can think of his partner's name because he goes, "Keep the doors rolling, Charlie." <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah you go charlie but wouldn't you think after like the third time he came into contact with a human object and, and then, like nothing happened and the fact that he wasn't dead that yeah. didn't like hey i don't think this is real yeah wouldn't you think someone would look into that a little bit instead they just keep burning all the objects instead of studying it and like why wouldn't they use that stuff to do research instead of just destroying it immediately yeah well, CD is pretty crappy at their job to begin with, it seems like, because Boo is right in front of them for a couple of minutes and they can't even detect her. Like, that time when, when they're bringing Boo back into the factory to put her back in the door. Yeah, and they have those machines to apparently track human kids. They have the detectors and they're beeping around the entire room and Boo is right in front of them, but no one picks up on it until. Well, maybe it was because she was covered in like monster. Like items that belong to monsters, so it might have their no, but whatever on it. They picked up on that other dude that ran by as a as a casualty. Like he hadn't even had nothing to do with Boo. Yeah, and they tackle him. So like obviously, it shouldn't be masking too much stuff. Yeah, so I don't know. There, there was many times where they're like Boo was right in front of them, and they have no clue what's going on, and even. Other people in the scare factory, like when Boo got out on the loose and she's running around and minds up with that group of kids, no one saw her at all. Yeah, no, like 
Not a single person in that entire factory managed to see her running around when they lost sight of her. Yeah, they just they're just letting this kid go through. And then does this factory have a daycare or something? <laughs> That's what it seemed like. That Cuz there are just kids walking around. And Boo managed to find that one group of kids that are walking around the daycare and blend in with them perfectly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand where those kids came from. They well, were... when a daddy monster and a mommy lo monster love each other very much. <laughs> Listen, we're not we're not going there. <laughs> kids, ask your parents. I mean, he did say it was bring your a strange relative to to work day or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, and I that, guess other people brought their strange. Maybe relatives. it actually happened to be that day, and he just looked out when he said that. <laughs> but. Like and then Water News was just okay with that reasoning. Like, oh, I must have missed the memo. Like, <laughs> At his own company. You're the boss. What do you mean you missed the memo? <laughs> yeah, he just went along with it. Um, another just tiny issue that I just looked at my notes at. Yes. <laughs> Again, it's a tiny one. Uh -huh. I'm I'm getting a lot of these tiny issues. Uh whenever we first see Celia. Yeah. And she's taking all these calls, she just leaves one monster on call. Once Mike shows up, like we don't see her hang up or anything. Just I mean, can I get a message for you? And oh, googly bear. I'm sure that happens plenty of times, though. Like you've been how many times have you like called someone and they just kind of forgot your call? Not once. And never. It's never for me. I've. Uh, well, see, maybe I'm just built different. <laughs> Listen, it happens. Sometimes you get distracted and you forget that you're doing. I mean, who knows how many calls are coming into that place a day. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know. Um, And then, uh, well, just one question I have, like, it's not an issue with the story, just something that they should have explained more. Yes. Like, do they have, like, a night shift there to get the other half of the world? Uh, It didn't seem like it. It seemed like, well, that that brings me back to my issue that I had, like, one of the first things I had written down, which I didn't even think about until you brought that up, but... For that being their only source of energy, and it's, like, their main source, like, where they get all of their energy, you would think they would have a bit more scares than they did. Yeah. At least from what we see, well, I mean, they say the scare floor. Is there multiple scare floors, or is it just the one scare floor? Yeah, there might be multiple scare floors, but at the same time, <clears> it's only... It's not really going to be night all over the world at the same time. No. So they're... what about the other? If they're having that like energy shortage even mm -hmm. and they need scares, why aren't they doing like a night shift for some of these other monsters to get like one half of the world and another night for I mean, monsters to get the other half? It would definitely make sense, especially considering they have doors from every like place on the continent like, like we went to france we went to asia we we went Hawaii, all over the like, world yeah but, so yeah so if they have access to all the doors but they're only working in one specific time zone it's very limited in the amount of stuff that they're, they're able to get done but yeah what i was saying is like there's maybe what it looked like maybe 40 people on that scare floor working Mm -hmm. So you're entrusting the entire energy of your whole planet to 40 people collecting energy. <laughs> it doesn't seem very efficient. Well, unless they all do slumber parties. 
<laughs> we also Sully did a really good job with that one door. <laughs> he did. We we don't also know how much energy they get out of each scream. Like maybe one of those canisters and enough to power the world for like an entire week or two weeks or whatever. Yeah, they don't so really it, explain that. That would have been really nice. So maybe that way we could have really gotten the perspective later whenever they say that laugh is more is like ten times more yeah. effective than screams. Because like maybe one room is enough to power everything for a month or like and they maybe even they just be able enough to power a car. Yeah, they don't. Like, we don't know. That would be some helpful information. And then if you look at Sully when he went in, he got like fifty points out of his room, and then Randall goes in and gets like ten points out of his room. So like, I guess what's... it depends on how loud the scream is. Yeah, they didn't really explain that either. <laughs> also, the entirety of this movie could have been avoided if Sully just ignored the door when he went back in to fill the paperwork out. Yeah. Like, like, why did he go in? He could have just sent the door away. Well, he doesn't even know how any how any of that stuff works. Like, he just goes, his own only job is to go in and out of the doors and scare, like, the kids. He doesn't know how. He like he was looking at the machine and he had no clue. I how feel to, like that maybe he was trained to do it, so it might be somewhere deep in his memory, but he doesn't really do it. Yeah. So he well, may have forgotten. Because Mike's Mike's the one that operates that computer control and sends all the yeah. So away. like maybe all the monsters just learn how to do everything, and that just the scares end up just not doing it, but they've <laughs> learned how to do it. But, like, all he had to do was just go grab someone else and be like, "Hey, there's a door here. Send it back." Or why is this door here? And then the entirety of the movie just goes away. Yeah. But he opens the door and he pokes his head in. Anybody scaring in here? I mean, I guess that is one, <laughs> one thing like, hey, there's no monsters in here, right? <laughs> because if, if the door gets sent away, so does that monster. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oops. Yeah. Uh, I guess that is one thing. Yeah. Then, well, Boo comes in. And do, Boo did a lot of laughing before the actual power surge. How come that didn't, like, set anything off? Maybe it just like, depends on how hard the laugh is. She again. was doing a lot of giggling. Like, giggling, the whole time and then she was there. It was giggling, and then just heavy laughter. Is That's what caused the power surge. But, yeah. I don't know. I feel like even just the giggling, if they said scare, laughing is ten times more maybe giggling would have been the same amount as a, a scare even but even then like wouldn't that cause like some kind of reaction to the to the energy <laughs> who knows <laughs> and you would have thought they were would have learned to keep an eye on boo like the amount of times she got away from them yeah so we lost her how many times when when she was with him and mike was just ready like hey she's gone no one will know that it was us <laughs> yeah i don't know it it's weird their thought process and like why Sully felt so determined that he had to to take care of it himself and why mike was just so adamant on wanting nothing to do with it well yeah like maybe Sully found the father inside himself was like <laughs> i have to take care of this child i mean if i met boo i wouldn't be able to ignore boot either though like how yeah, she you, was pretty adorable. How can you not want to take care of Boo? But also, like, how long was Boo gone? 
would you say it was two days or three days? It had to be at least one day, right? It had to be at least one day. One, at least one full day. You know, whenever Brew escapes, that's the night of the first day. So there's yeah. one night. And then the rest of the movie is all one day. But, like, wouldn't her parents be, like, wondering yeah, what so happened her parents to their child? There's... When... Yeah, there's no reason that her parents could have been like, hey, our daughter's missing. Like, her, there, like, she... Maybe they did have a search party out, but they just didn't show us. I I feel like her room should have been, like, ransacked, or, like, there should have been some kind of, like, some something to, like, show that once she came back to her room, though. Mm-hmm. Because, like, she just went back to her room, and it looked exactly the same as, like, once she left it. I feel like if my child just disappears in the middle of the night from my room, that room is going to be, like, torn apart, or, like, there's going to be, like, some kind of, like, police presence note, like... It's yeah, gonna... that's true. Like, in case the <laughs> child was hiding yeah. really good for some reason. <laughs> but, like, unless, like, time in the monster world works differently than time. In, and that could potentially lead to the answer of, like, how they're scaring people in different time zones and different. Yeah, but like... in that case, they need to explain that. Because <laughs> perhaps they can just pull up a door and it'll be, like, whatever time they need it to be for them. So they are time travelers. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> we don't we don't know the, the science behind how the doors work and how all that works. Another thing with but, Boo's door just being out there, he opened. Yes. Why did Randall just leave it like activated while he wasn't there? That, I don't know. I guess he... Maybe he had to just use the bathroom or something, and he assumed no one's around, so he can just leave the door there and come back, and it'll be fine. That's still like <laughs> not good. No, <laughs> but I, I, he didn't anticipate anyone showing up at that point, which is also weird now that I'm thinking at it, because that was right after work ended. Why would why would he do that so so close to the when the shift ended? Probably because of, like, maybe there's a key inventory, like one of those key card inventory checks. Because, like... So maybe he wanted to do it before all that happened. But there's still a chance of him getting caught at that point, is what I'm saying. Like, why wouldn't yeah. he do this in the middle of the night as compared to, like, right maybe after the Maybe he could have found an excuse, like, oh, hey, I found this on the ground somewhere. It probably fell out of someone's folder. Because Sully went in there right after the shift ended to grab Mike's paperwork. It's not it's safe to say anyone could have just went back in there for the same exact reason. So like Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It does sound seems like poor planning on, on Randall's part. <laughs> and I wanna know how they chose the children for like this whole kidnapping stealing screams thing. Maybe he chose Boo because he knows he got good scares from her constantly. Because, like, she's always, she's definitely scared of Randall, it yeah. seems like. So, like, maybe he has memory of, like, which children are scared the most of him and which ones produce the best screams for him. That is possible. So he he probably could have chosen her on purpose. But again, that there needs to be some kind of explanation. <laughs> yeah, they could have, there was a lot of stuff they could have explained. Yeah. But didn't. But, I mean, I feel like this doesn't... Ex- extract from the movie itself though no like 
overall, the movie is still very enjoyable. It's still a fun, it's just enjoyable movie. When you look at things, it's like, oh, they could have did this better. They could have did that better. But, like, there's just so many things that, like, you questioned her. Like, when Zoe loses Boo and she get, he thinks she gets con- compacted into that trash thing, how is it that that eyeball did not get smashed up in the compactor? <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe it was just lucky to not get, like... <laughs> I don't know. I really don't like, know. You saw how smashed up all that other trash got, but this one eyeball just happens to survive the, the compactor. The three levels of compacting. That. <laughs> oh, and there were two whole plot twists in this movie. Oh, uh, yes. First with, whoa, Waternoose is actually one of the villains. Mm-hmm. You know, something that, you know, if you watch plenty of Disney movies, you see it coming. Like, oh, the boss was the villain? Oh, wow. <laughs> I and mean, they did the a great second... job of keep, keeping this one under wraps for the most part. Yeah. Like, I don't think you really see this one coming. Like, Not in until terms... you know it actually happens. Yeah, which is a good way. Like, it's a good. they did a great job of setting that up, honestly, mm-hmm. and make it, making it a part of the story without you calling it beforehand. And then uh, the second plot twist... Is that Roz was the head of like, oh, what are they called? The C C D A. Yeah, the C basically like the C I A, but yeah, C D A. And I don't know that that was a pretty good plot twist right there. Like, oh wow, she was undercover this whole time. That also did come out of nowhere, but yeah, it also leaves you quite like what? How? What were they actually investigating? Like, how did they? know something was going on or did they like where did they get evidence of like that kind of stuff that was happening and she said she was she was undercover for two years so like the fact that she was there for two years and and still didn't find anything (laughs) unless they really had some strong lead i don't think she would have been there for two years especially since she's the boss no but also like if they were there for two years but that like they just came up with that plot right there to to create the thing so like what exactly were they investigating beforehand like because the screen maybe, scare, how uh, long was that shortage going on for it didn't seem like it was going on for that entire two years that they were investigating and stuff so because it seemed like the screen shortage was a more recent thing in the news yeah like they really had no reason to be there and they had no reason to be there undercover <laughs> at least from what we saw and then Nonetheless, for their boss, the boss to be there. You know, they should have sent, like, a lower-leveled agent if, like, they had nothing to go off of. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to send the head of the agency in undercover. That that makes total sense. <laughs> also, um, how did, exactly did they lure Waternoose into that, into the simulation thing at that? Like, that seemed like it was planned out, but, like... How did Zoe get that door to go into to lead into the simulation thing? If he wasn't even the one that was in charge of that. Like, you know, he switched the doors out to make it look like he put Boo's door there. And then but, he just opens it up. He didn't turn it on or anything. But he seemed like he was just as confused that it was the simulation as Waternoose at that point. Like, how did he not know that he was putting the door in in the same spot as the simulation? I don't think he looked all that confused, to be real honest. 
I don't know. To me, it seemed like he didn't know that he led them into the trap for the simulation because he thought he was putting Boo in for, like, putting Boo back in her bed. No, he was pretending. He was acting. <laughs> Sully is an actor. That's his. That was his real-life <laughs> mission. But then he became a scarer instead. I don't know. I I don't think he was acting in that. Point. I, I think he was acting. Uh, you all let us know what you think. <laughs> but of course, after that scene, we get like that big heartbreaking, like farewell scene. Boo, boo saying goodbye to Sully is still not boo. Yeah, it is boo. I don't know why. Yeah, I... boo. The, the girl's name is boo. Yes. No, well, I her was name's think... Mary. But <laughs> yes, her name is technically Mary. I was look. I was reading because I was reading my notes, and I looked at the word Mike at the same time, so I confused myself as to like thinking oh. I was saying the wrong character. But yeah, booing the Sully goodbye is just one of the most emotional moments. Mm -hmm. Still, like I just get so sad watching that every time. And then and it, we see her door get shredded, like just her opening the door and Sully not being there, and just, she's just looking around like Kitty. Just makes like, me cry. Oh, no. Makes me cry every single time. And it's <laughs> But we did get that sweet ending where the door's all fixed. Sully walks in and Kitty Kitty. <laughs> Which that was just really sweet. It is sweet. I, I really hope we still get some kind of sequel with her grown up or like something. Like maybe she's a parent now and her kids are talking about monsters coming in and making them laugh or something. Yeah. Also, on that effect, I feel like I would be just as terrified of if a, a monster shows up in my room in the middle of the night and starts telling me jokes, even like as if they're. Oh no! I think I'd have the same reaction as that one kid at the end, just like, <laughs> "What is going on? Am I dreaming?" I I feel like I would be horrified at that point still if there's an eyeball sitting next next to my bed trying to well, then tell again, me jokes. I I would have at least chuckled at the dodgeball joke. Like, <laughs> you know, I was the ball. Like, <laughs> I probably would have laughed at those jokes over his burp as well. But, like, and then going back to a couple of more issues that I just thought about, well, that I just saw in my notes. When, oh, where did it go now? By the way, that one monster we can think of who had all that human stuff thrown on him, yes. his name's Georgie. Georgie. That just popped into my head. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, it was my my other issue was when they got banished. How did Mike get back? Well, he had the same idea as Sully, I guess. Found like, another thing Sully, to like just slide on. Well, one the fact that Sully just came through like that from the village door, like did he just walk right past a human and just like go straight into their closet to get to the back to the monster world at that point? Yeah, because like that was the one Georgie was about to go into <laughs> that he ran out. Yeah, he he just came barging through the door at that point. So like obviously he had no regards to anyone being like seeing him coming through the house and doing that. And then well, that's because it was night at that point. Georgie throws the other guy back into the door where where Sully just came out of. He didn't want to get attacked again by the CDA. I, I understand that, but like now there's just this monster that was thrown into someone's house. Yeah. And <laughs> like, what happens with that monster and what the people that find him in that house? And 
and then Mike manages somehow to come come back without like knowing where exactly Sully went through. Yeah, I don't know, but he like, found a way. All of those doors were active at the, that exact moment for them to get through. I mean, that was a small village, so it is possible that that multiple of those doors may have, you know, just may have been getting scared by different monsters. I don't know, because it seems like it's a quick process, though, of like them scaring someone in and getting rid of the door. So like the fact that Mike probably wasn't even on his way to that village yet when the time Zoe skied his way all the way down and then he still managed to come through that fast. I don't know. The timing seemed very off. Who knows? It just happened. <laughs> or, you know, better yet, the kid was probably still getting scared by there's a new monster that just got thrown in here <laughs> and the door didn't disappear because that monster wasn't able to make it disappear. So Mike was like, oh, okay, someone's getting scared here. Maybe he even dragged that other monster, maybe dragged Charlie out of there. <laughs> it's like, I'm here to rescue you. Then also, can we talk about Randall's brutal death or potential death of getting him yeah. <laughs> by either Florida come like Florida family or Alabama family or <laughs> uh, I'm gonna guess it's Florida. <laughs> like he gets thrown into the trailer. There's a gator in the trailer again. <laughs> he gets beat by the mom. He gets beaten by like a shovel, I think, or something. Uh, maybe a pan. A Who pan knows and what they have in there? They're about to eat him. Like that's that's pretty <laughs> pretty brutal compared to. Or maybe he wasn't killed. He was able to escape, and then sequel Randall returns. <laughs> or someone ate Randall for dinner. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is still possible because you you know it's somewhere in South USA, <laughs> Southern USA. So like, we eat some weird stuff down here. I've, I mean, I've eaten gator before, so... I've had gator like, before. It was delicious. <laughs> it is pretty good. But... um, Any other... <laughs> any other story issues that we have? Uh, Mike putting the door back together with scraps of wood should not have been possible. Yeah, unless he had, like, glue, but even then, that's one long puzzle. That's gotta be the hardest puzzle in the history of existence. Like It's like he was missing a piece, too. <laughs> He knew he was missing a piece, though. But he didn't know where the piece was yeah. supposed to go. I, I feel like he should not have been able to put that door back together from wood chippings. No. Also, something that should not have been able to happen was them when they were hanging on to the doorway, the doorways, and it was flying through the, the on the conveyor belts when they're riding the doors. Zoe may have been able to hold himself up, but Mike... Definitely should not have been Mike able to Mike should hold. not have been able to have that good of a grip. <laughs> Mike definitely should not have been that ad, like athletic to hold on to. But that, that was still a fun to. scene if we can talk about a good part of the story. It was a very fun just scene. Giving, yes. Instead of just giving it problems this whole time, <laughs> we've just been naming off problems. Yes. We have been bashing this movie the entire time, but that's the only way we have stuff to talk about. Because, like, it is an extremely fun movie and extreme, like there's so many great jokes and there's so many fun story parts to it. But, like, when you look at it overall, there's not a lot to talk about otherwise. So like... Yeah, um, but that door chase scene was pretty fun, and them, that, like, going through all those countries was, that, like... That was a lot of fun. That... <laughs> and then they'd pop out of a random door and look around, like, okay, where's Boo's door? Where's Boo's door? 
because they couldn't go directly toward it because Randall was after them. Yeah, and they did have, again, great luck coming out of the door that happened to be like three doors away from her door. And all those doors that were there, they could have like wound up somewhere way off in a different hallway. Yeah. But they happened to come out right next to Boo's door. Um, yeah, but other than that, just all those problems and then really nothing else. Yeah. Again, it's I mean, a it's still an interesting concept. It's a very unique story. It's it's unique, it's fun. It's a lot of different things. Like it it's very different than than a standard movie, but it's also Which is why we couldn't like rate it super low because it's still yeah. a fun unique story oh yeah i mean look i mean our score itself is like 85 is still a very high score that's still a score. good score <laughs> but there's issues that need to be addressed is yeah the only thing maybe in a sequel or you know well, we already have a prequel but we get a prequel which doesn't really help anything but so maybe if we get a sequel to that well, prequel <laughs> who knows well maybe we'll get a lot more answers I, I i've only seen monsters university a couple of times so i can't i don't remember re recall too like much monsters about it. inc origins but maybe we'll get a bit more information as to the world of monsters and monsters university being it as a prequel mm-hmm I don't think I have anything else. To, yeah, I think I add. think we need to move off story now. We've been on here for quite a bit. <laughs> let's let's continue on to characters and. All right, what you got? I have a ninety-eight for characters. I have mine at a ninety-five. Uh, this is my highest character score, ever, like out of everything so far. Mm -hmm. And it's, I mean. Yes, Mike and Sully are obviously the biggest parts of it. Like, the chemistry that they have together is just absolutely incredible. And, like, they definitely set this entire movie. Like, without them, you wouldn't have this movie, I feel. Yeah. And... we. This would just be some... I don't think the movie would be good without them. No. it it They definitely set the tone for the entirety of the movie. And just, like... Mike's humor is just such a great setup for almost everything that happens in the movie mm -hmm. as well. Just his outlook and the way he handles everything and the way he he just goes into every situation with his own take on things is just such a fun setup. And then you have Zoe who's kind of serious but also just like laid back. He's more laid back than anything. But that just the bond that they have together is mm -hmm. just so fun. Like, okay, so I don't know if you've actually seen Monsters University yet. I've I seen, have like, seen, like part I said, of it. I've seen it like once, maybe twice, but like I watched I only part of it. And yeah. you know, Mike and Sully in that movie, just spoilers, they don't like each other in that movie. Mostly Mike doesn't like Sully in that movie. Yeah. Because Sully's basically this jock and Mike's that nerd. Mm -hmm. It's a basic jock and nerd dynamic, and then they yeah. eventually become best friends through the movie. And I mean that even can be shown like in this movie as well. Like it's kind, of, it's like I was saying earlier. Definitely, Mike is just more of a joking personality, and so he, as you can see, just by the way he was like, like I was saying earlier, how. Sully wanted to handle the situation himself. Like, he yeah. felt that he needed to to take care of us, and all Mike wanted to do was just 
let it go and have someone else deal with the problem and like just try and bounce it away as much as fast as he can. Mm-hmm. But that's just not the kind of person that Sully is. Sully is, and that would—that's also what makes him so lovable. Is Sully doesn't just give up on this problem. He wants to make sure that everything gets solved right, the right way, and done correct. And he doesn't want to see Randall doing all the stuff that Randall's trying to be doing. And yeah, and uh, you know, they're just basically opposites, which really gives them that. But in a way, that makes them good dynamic duo yes and it it also helps with their growth as well like obviously mike in the beginning wants nothing to do with any of this and then eventually he gives in and he sees zoe like zoe finally convinces them that they need to figure this out and work this out together it's just the way that they work together is to figure that out is such a such a big step for them both then um moving on from them before we get too far deep into before our character scores get too long also. Uh, we got Boo. She's just See, adorable throughout the entire movie. Another reason why this character score is so high. Boo is just one of the most lovable characters in the history of cinema. Like, she, it's just... Everyone knows Boo. Everyone knows Kitty! Boo is just the cutest, sweetest little thing ever. And like... Anytime Boo is on my screen, it just makes me happy. And, like, she's got such this fun, loving energy, and just how playful she is with with Zoe and Mike. And and that whole bathroom scene was adorable when she's just in the bathroom singing that song. <laughs> and Zoe's just waiting outside the stall, like, <laughs> waiting for her. And then there's a pause in her song. Are you finished? She screams, nope. <laughs> and then back to her song. And then... Once she flushes, Sully opens the door and she just disappeared. And that's when she starts getting really playful with Sully. And you see her and Sully starts getting playful with her. Yeah. And they're playing hide and seek in that bathroom, which is one of the, the funnest scenes as well. Mm-hmm. Just seeing her jumping at him, trying to scare Sully. And again, she's also responsible for a lot of the character growth in Sully as well. Because Sully mm-hmm. comes to, to realize... Like how much he should take, he needs to take care of her, and like, not everything is part of the job, and like sometimes you have to do things on your own, take things to a different step, and like look at it from a different perspective. Just her dynamic with Sully is almost as good as Mike's dynamic with Sully. Yes. Which and then she doesn't really have as much of a dynamic with Mike, but. I mean, besides her going throughout the movie, Mike Wazowski. <laughs> I mean, there also is a dynamic with her and Mike as well, though, because there is Mike, a dynamic. Mike is trying to push her away as much as he can throughout the entirety of the movie. You can see him just, in, especially when they first find her. He won't, well, even Sully wants absolutely nothing to do with her. But like, once Sully is warmed up to her, he's still kind of pushing her away a little bit, and you can see he's still hesitant to to trust her and, like, deal with her. But then at the end of the movie, when he goes in for the hug, you can see how much, like, he actually cares about her still when they're saying goodbye. She just grows on both Mike and Sully so much, and it really turns around the whole monster world. Yeah, I mean, she's responsible for changing the entire energy process as well. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But it's just hard to not love Boo because of how yeah. cute she is and how adorable she is and just all of her mannerisms. And, and again, they did such a great job. Like, it is an actual toddler, so, like, it's hard for them not to capture it that way. But, like, it is. Like, she acts exactly like how a child would act with the way she she's played, like, playful with Zoe and playful with Mike. And... She's just playful in general, and she was definitely the right child for them to accidentally <laughs> let out. <laughs> um, we got, of course, the villain of the movie, Randall. Uh, not one of my favorite villains, you know, because uh, he didn't get his own song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, Randall is great as a villain, but they didn't do enough to showcase him. Yeah. They, they should have used him a bit more, like, besides, like, the final showdown scene because like yeah he was the like chasing villain we we don't like obviously you can see like how terrible he is from the few scenes that he's in there but they just don't showcase him enough like there should have been more scenes of him plotting or scheming or like working with yeah water noose otherwise he just kind of seems like a jerk and that's about it. Not really a villain. Um, and then, speaking of villains, we got Water Noose, of course. You know, he starts off as like this nice old CEO who's trying to do the best for the company. Yeah, he does a, a really he takes believable it too job. Far. What was that? I say he does a really believable job in the beginning of keeping himself like undercover and making it seem like he's not going on anything suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, later on it. You know, in the end, he's doing this for the company, not just to be evil. I mean, yes, he's he's trying to keep the company stable, but there there's got to be other ways to do it than the way that he was going about it. Yeah, like, and like as we mentioned, a second shift, <laughs> a second shift, re other research. Like it doesn't seem like they were doing all that they can to to figure out what what the issues were with the scream storage and stuff like that like we see all these monsters walking around this whole city you're telling me not one of them could have been like hey you need a night job <laughs> or like hey we're hot like we can see that they're training new scarers and all that yeah and you know they're not doing very good but you know they don't have to be good as long as they're getting the scares in well even that they could also be researching other energy sources besides the scream as well like, like laughter, laughter. <laughs> or figuring out why their scream sources aren't doing as much as well like it doesn't seem like they're they're making any attempts to find the root of the scream shortage besides like the fact that kids aren't being scared anymore which also shouldn't really be a thing like obviously yes they're gonna lose a short amount of door like but a six-year-old and with the monster that, that went in there whenever, you know, at the beginning of the movie, there was that monster who ran out of the closet. Mm -hmm. Or I guess back into the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam's door like, she almost touched me, man. She was this close. Apparently the girl was only six. Yeah. And if I was, I think any six-year-old would have been scared of that thing. Yeah. And not only that, from what it seems like in the movie for me, they are researching these kids already anyways to mm -hmm. find their perfect scare off exactly 
so they should know more about kids apparently we're finding more story issues <laughs> i mean this was a known story issue as well we we stated that they weren't doing enough research before but this is also comes down to but it turns news. out they are doing research about each individual kid you don't think they would have picked up on some things <laughs> during that research like oh hey this kid act I accidentally touched some of this kid's stuff. I'm not dying. Oh, hey, they're not <laughs> toxic. Yeah, they they didn't do a lot of research. And that's where it comes out with Waternoose. is like, uh, he's just looking for the quickest scheme to just get, like, gain control and make it seem like he's got the power still, which is why he's allowing Randall to come up with the, the scream-suckering machine or whatever it was, which doesn't seem very stable of if they're just abducting all these children and stealing their screens eventually they're gonna run out of kids once they start abducting them as well yeah and then suddenly there goes their renewed air <laughs> their renewed energy source because they're already taking all the scream out of that kid which we saw what it did to a fungus yeah i don't want to imagine what it would look like if they did that to a child <laughs> it wouldn't be pretty um Oh no! And then the other characters I have written down aren't like extremely important. Like we've already talked about Roz. Yeah, Roz is fun. She adds the the fun little dynamic to Mike. But yeah, she's very fun. But story wise, she doesn't really do much except for oh hey, it turns out I'm the boss of the CDA. Yeah. And cool. <laughs> what were you doing this whole movie? <laughs> Just yelling at Mike for not having his papers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Celia as well. It's just a fun She's, little... She was just there character. to be someone's love interest. But she also did help them as well when, when she yeah. finally got like she helped, found out. But even then, just a little bit by distracting all the monsters to <laughs> gather around Randall. Which was a pretty genius plan, I'm not going to lie. That oh, was... yeah. <laughs> But she also just lied about that, so now everyone's thinking, oh, this monster has the scare record. I mean, I'm sure they told the entire story afterwards. Well, maybe not. Oh, no, because they... <laughs> Ross says keep everything quiet, so... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, of course, who cares now, because now it's laughter. and Yeah. And the only other characters I have written down are the Abominable Snowman... It was fun as well, but yeah, he was the like their whole reason to get out of um the word slipped my mind exile, I guess. Yeah, not the word I was really thinking of, but it works. <laughs> Banishment. Banishment. That's the word I was thinking of. <laughs> and then those two two janitor dudes that kept. <laughs> See, I didn't even write them down because they were only in that one part of the movie, and then. They're, they're in the a beginning in the end. That's they're, about a, it. they're in a couple of times. <laughs> they, they were a little bit of comedic relief. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> they were funny though. <laughs> uh yeah. That's that's pretty much it for characters. So, well, with that, then let's move on to visuals. All right. Uh, for my visuals, I have an eighty-eight. I have a ninety-one for my visuals. Okay, there's our three point that we have to have. <laughs> The visuals aren't anything outstanding in this movie. Like, I mean, in terms of, like, vis like visual-wise. Like, the graphics are 
not as great as like we've seen in in certain things at least. Not as good as we've seen in like Toy Story Two or or even, even Bugs Life. Bugs Life. But then there's other things where like Zoe's hair that really stands out. Mm-hmm. Or like the I think the the real standout point in this is the character design. Of course, like again, every monster in the movie was their own individual creature. Yeah. Like, like there were so many unique and individual concepts for monsters that every single monster was just so different and so like imaginary and like although the kids that we see going throughout the corporation at least one of them for me looked like one of the scarer monsters might be related it was probably his kid yeah exactly (laughs) so i mean there was that at least and then but every monster was its own individual and it was just amazing besides that they have to share a tongue that sounds weirder than it meant to come out, but <laughs> which isn't something that you really even noticed during the movie, though. Yeah, no, of course not. But again, just the monsters itself is—I just thought of one issue I had with one of the monsters, though. What? You you know, whenever the scares are getting ready to go through the doors at the beginning, and is it the like one that put his eyeballs ready. in? Yeah. Yeah. How does I... he see otherwise? Like, why does he have to put the eyeballs in? Yeah, I also, just keep them on. I also questioned that, which is why I was able to think of it like immediately as to what you were talking about because I knew. I also forgot to bring that up before. Like, who? Why does he just put his eyeballs in before he's ready to scare? Like that just seems weird. <laughs> and he doesn't have a mouth. How does he communicate? <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, there's that, and then the opening credits. That was a fun animation. Style, I do. Love- I think. I loved it. I do love the art. It made me think of like some of those package films like Make Mine Music and all that (laughs) while the jazz was going on. Have all these doorway, little artsy doorways. Definitely something you would have seen from like Make Mine Music or even Fantasia. Yeah. Just music going along with all this art going around. There wasn't too many that, too much that actually happened in terms of like cinematic stuff. I mean, uh, a lot of the places looked good. Like, Monstropolis looked like just a good old town. Yeah. Good old city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did love that slow motion shot of all the scares walking into the scare floor. Of um, course. That's, like, <laughs> a well-known one. But all I can think of normally is <laughs> the bloopers whenever they're walking and then and suddenly the they're trips. tripping and <laughs> they all fall over. Uh, the Hall of Doors also looked really... I'm calling it the Hall of Doors. I don't know. I think that's what it's... Or Vault of Doors. Some, that, but where the all door the doors... Vault, are, I think, is what yeah. it's supposed to be called. That looked really cool as well. With all mm-hmm. the doors moving around and on the conveyor belts and... Yeah, there's a lot of doors. It was a lot of doors. I mean, I would assume they have access to the entire world. Yeah. You would think. So that's how many billion doors or a million like like yeah. five million i think at least oh because you know not every house has only one closet there's multiple closets so it's got to be a couple billion doors then <laughs> yeah i don't know but uh then all the different scenery of like the different houses that they were climbing through and when... like just seeing all the worlds like 
they came out. I think it was Hawaii and that Hawaii first and then France and then somewhere Japan. in Asia with the sliding door. It, it looked like Japan. It could have been Japan or China. They don't really say, give any clue about where it is because a lot of house because Asia. Yeah, but I feel like that, the housing style was more of a Japanese housing style. Yeah. But and also the mountain as well. Oh, yeah. So like, that that's could, snowy wasteland. That leads me to believe it was, like, Mount Fuji in Japan. But Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the snow area. No, well, no, I'm talking about when they went through that the door, and you see the mountain in the background. Yeah. Okay, I didn't notice that. Yes, in the window, you can see, like, a mountain. In the Japan. whole time, I'm just thinking, it's a sliding door. It's a sliding door. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, the snowy area looked... Pretty cool in that village. That was the uh, Himalayas and yeah. Nepal, mm -hmm. specifically, because they uh, mentioned where it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, there's not like too much going on with the visuals. Yeah, originally the visuals looked a bit worse the first time I watched it, and then when I was watching it the second time, I'm like they're not as bad as I thought they were. Like. In the beginning, when they're walking down the street, some of the cars look a little bit clunky. Yeah, there like, was a little you... bit of awkward animation within the movie. But overall, it's still not bad. The monster sneezing fire. The fire looked pretty decent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not again. <laughs> Just, ah, oh, nuts. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to add before we move on? Nope, I think it's time to move on. All right, for atmosphere, I have a 97. I have mine at a 94. Obviously, the standout point here has to be what... <laughs> No, I mean, yes. No, that's not the out, because <laughs> that's what... <laughs> yes, that's been that, stuck in my head. That song has been stuck in my head the entire night, yes. It is, <laughs> like, that opening song is just iconic, but... What I was going to say is the outstanding point here is voice acting. Like, the voice acting is really, really good. It's very solid. The, like, you can't put a more iconic team together, I feel, as like Mike and Sully, the way they work together. I mean, you can't. That was, that was a very like, strong dynamic. Just Billy Crystal. His, I'm sure a lot of this was ad-libbed for him and like yeah. improvised and just his comedic timing is just so perfect I feel and John Goodman to me is one of the greatest actors and most underrated actors he's definitely one of the most underrated and like he just kills it and Boo it's uh, like Boo is just way too adorable and the fact that it was a, a child having natural emotions <laughs> And being chased around a studio. Like, just her laughter alone is just so contagious and so mm -hmm. fun. And, like, every time you hear her, it just puts a smile on your face. And her little potty song was just so cute. And <laughs> But also, besides the voice acting, all the sound effects were so well done in this movie. The sound effects were, like, very well done. I feel like this might have been the strongest case of sound effects that we've heard so far because oh, yeah. every like, single a lot of closing squeaking doors and every then... single thing in this movie had a sound effect to it it wasn't like you hear like 
the feet pitter pattering and you hear doors opening and you hear Mike is just like rummaging through a tool drawer and you hear like all kinds of noises going on. Yeah. They actually added sound effects for every single thing, which you don't really see too often in these movies. They'll like accentuate like on a sound like here and there, but they won't give a sound effect to every single thing. But in this movie, it felt like they really did. Mm-hmm. And it was very well done. Um, and then just a wonderful soundtrack in general. Yes. The score itself was wonderful. Like I was saying, that opening song has been stuck in my head all night long. And it's going to be stuck in my head constantly. Oh, yeah. And then, and the, then uh, the credit have... song as well is really good. Mm-hmm. Which is, I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. Well, it's the same. It's the same tune. Melody. Yes. It's the same melody, just yes. with words now. <laughs> and then uh, the door chasing, I felt like that song was very, like, get you in, like. Yes. It was very intense. It was a cinematic piece. <laughs> yes. And then even like small little things like Mike would sing like these little songs here and there, like tiny little jingles throughout. You and me, both of us together. <laughs> like that was just so much fun as well. It was just the... funny just to hear him. Like, <laughs> I don't know if he was attempting an opera voice or anything, but, <laughs> but it was thing, fun like, to where listen it came to. from more so help me. <laughs> which that... i was well we'll get back into the, this for entertainment for me at least but i was a little upset that when watching it on disney plus it did not have the bloopers at the end it which didn't have also the contains that musical yes i was very upset the musical was not included in the credits it like not... it's not even in the extras it we can't no. find it anyway it, like we not... can probably find it on youtube but yes. like yeah, it's not available on Disney Plus at all, which is very strange. Like, cause... I kind of want to know the reason why. Yeah. Disney Plus, tell us. <laughs> why didn't you include the extras? <laughs> but, yeah, music is great. I wish we should have gotten another, like, full song out of Mike and Sully. I think that would have been fun, like, during the movie instead of mm -hmm. just a credit song. But, like, we can't fault it. I mean... Yeah, no. But the atmosphere was very well done for yes. this movie. All right, and how about we go and move on to our entertainment? Okay. Uh, I have a 96. I have a 98 for this. Okay, so we're close by. You know, it's a very fun movie. I have other movies that I put above this. This is probably one. I think it's tied for my top entertainment score. I think it's a lot of fun. There's just so many great jokes there's so many great sequences in it, and it's just so memorable everything about it is just it stands out to me like even mm -hmm. like we said we like all these stories issues but like it even with that it still stands out to me as a movie that i love so much and it's just a, i mean it came out what 2002 yeah it came out in 2001 and it feels like it had like it still has such a nostalgic feel to it, even though like I was in like, like early elementary school when this yeah. came out. So, you know, this has been a part of my childhood. Mm -hmm. So I have memories of this movie. Mostly me yeah. as a kid trying to do the voice of Ross. I'm always watching Wazowski. <laughs> just that's a pretty pretty good impression, Ross. <laughs> 
yeah, there's just so many great jokes, and like, just <laughs> immediately when it starts off, uh, Mike, see, look, uh, oh, so he goes, Ted's walking to work, and then he's like, yeah, he takes five steps and he's already there. <laughs> yeah, see, Ted's walking to work. <laughs> Because they can't get Godzilla's roar, which yeah, would have been chicken. funny to hear. <laughs> but <laughs> but them like adding the chicken, the chicken makes it even better. <laughs> I think the chicken was like perfect for comedy yes. purposes. Mm-hmm. And then just constant jokes throughout the entire movie. Billy Crystal is just absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. I, He's hilarious. John Goodman can really deliver a line in a hysterical way. I got to see Billy Crystal on Broadway a couple of months ago. And he did. He made some kind of joke about being a failure, and he pointed at me, and it was just a shining moment in my life of being, being called <laughs> a failure at you for being a failure. Yes, <laughs> but I. It was making a joke, and it was wonderful. And you I should have mentioned forget. that we were doing a podcast about monsters, <laughs> and we were talking about Monsters Inc. Next, maybe it would have been a little nicer. <laughs> it was part of the show. It was great. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll never forget it. But he so quick with his timing and he he's always on point with it mm-hmm. and that's what like plays him and so plays so well off of that and it, like so when so trying to explain to boo that there that randall like wasn't in their closet oh there's no monster in the closet and then he walks in well well now there is but but i'm not gonna scare you <laughs> yeah i'm off duty <laughs> Like, just stupid jokes like that would just make me crack up, and it's just... And then, the whole movie, I'm thinking about, oh, like, our first time re-watch- our first time watching it for the podcast, I'm I'm just thinking, oh boy, I'm ready for these, I'm ready for the bloopers, because these are some golden bloopers. <laughs> but they didn't add the bloopers, because in that scene, it's like, see, there's no monsters in the closet, and then Roz is there, hello! <laughs> It's crazy how many of the bloopers, like, stick out in our memory as, like, part of the actual movie itself, but it, mm-hmm. it's just, like, the like, bloopers. instead of the uh, chicken monster, instead of Ted, it was... It's Rex. In the bloopers, it's Rex Which auditioning is what I, for the was, I was expecting for the, for the movie, and then, like, when it did happen, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's not part of the actual movie. And then uh, we get that whole musical. <laughs> Put that thing back where it came from more, so help me... See, the one I'm thinking of is that, like, sad love ballad. <laughs> She's out of our hair. <laughs> but just so many fun moments in this. And then you have Boo, which is just obviously... Just watching Boo herself is hilarious. Just self-entertaining. Like, that hide-and-seek scene was just absolutely adorable. Like, just... we need a whole mini-series. Like, how we have Olaf explaining these different <laughs> Disney movies... It's like, instead of, where's Waldo? Where's Boo? <laughs> Boo just playing around with every single dis- other Disney character. <laughs> uh-huh. Kitty! Are we ready to to give our overall score, then? Yeah, let's go ahead and give the overall score. Okay, so for my overall score, I have a 93.8. And as for myself, I have a 91. Okay, so... We're right there. Almost a four-point difference. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> what, you know, what really killed the score for us was the story. This movie could have been a lot better if it answered just some of these questions for us. Yeah, I mean, 
again, I don't feel like the story itself takes away from the movie at all, though. Like, no. In uh, scoring wise, yes, it has to, and it's gonna kill our score because of that. But like, but if you the... look at my entertainment score, it's a ninety-eight. So like, it's gonna, it's still like one of my top tier yeah. movies. In in terms like, of my movies. ninety-one is still even not something to laugh at. Like, that's a good <laughs> score. Yeah, I mean, I think this just just hits my top 10 it's like number 10 and like overall i didn't list. check my placements but i don't think it hits in my top 10 but like yeah it's still such a fun movie and even with all the issues that we discussed it's still like i feel like none of that stuff even takes away from the like the inter- entertainment factor of the movie so like this is a movie that i'm i've always put on constantly and i'm watching it all the time and like i'm just gonna continue to to watch this movie like constantly it's one it's one of the movies that i'll i'll put on at night just when i'm going to bed and i'm like i'm usually asleep after that intro credit is is song is done mm-hmm. but i'm like sometimes i'll just get too excited and like start paying attention to the movie again and like not go to sleep and watch it instead yeah that's how I was. I was trying to watch this, but I was also super tired from just things I was doing today. And I fell asleep and then woke up to the door chase scene. I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> but, and then I was looking up to see where this falls in with on my scores. It's tied with Beauty and the Beast and Mulan. So, pretty, pretty high company there. <laughs> yeah. But again, just a wonderful, wonderful movie. It is. And then next week, I know, I remember liking, so I didn't like this movie too much as a kid. Yeah. But I know that I still enjoyed it. We're watching Finding Nemo next. Yeah, I I never really got into Finding Nemo. Like, I didn't dislike it, and I never really had anything against it. I just never really got into it as much as, like, everyone else did, because I know a lot of yeah. people that, like, really loved this movie. There are people who are obsessed with this movie, and then there are people who are like, this movie's kind of boring. And I was like that middle ground. Like, hey, I like the movie. It's not one of my favorites, but I like it. Yeah, it was never really my thing, but I didn't have anything against it. And it'll be interesting to see where it it sits now. I mostly know that we could talk about butts. (laughs) Don't touch the butt. Don't touch the butt. (laughs) There's so many great funny quotes from this movie that like i'll like I, going I, around i'll just start yelling shark bait <laughs> yeah. and it's just gonna be a lot of fun to rewatch and maybe see if this movie got better with time yeah it's very possible i mean our opinions change on many things like i didn't like tarzan as a kid and now it's one of my top movies so yeah, now maybe exactly the same will happen with finding nemo I, as a kid i personally did not enjoy the hunchback of notre dame but yeah. now as an adult i love that movie mm-hmm. so maybe maybe the same will happen with finding nemo mm-hmm. so we'll find that out next week so until next time may all your dreams come true bye <laughs>